Hey guys, this is Peter Lewis with Braveheart Ministries. Thanks for tuning in to the Braveheart Podcast. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit our website at www.braveheartministries.org. So I'm excited to talk to you today about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The last couple of weeks, we've been in Acts chapter 18. Uh, if you've listened to the last uh, couple podcasts, last week was the Sermon of the Month, uh, talking about fanning into flame. And then the two podcasts uh, before that were Apollos' Gospel, uh, about Acts chapter 18, when Apollos was making disciples. Uh, And then later, Paul comes to those same disciples, and he asks them a very intriguing question. He asks a group of Christian disciples in Acts chapter 19, he said, Did you receive the Holy Spirit? And these guys said, No, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And so Paul then discovers that uh, they only knew about John's baptism, which was for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, And then he laid his hands on them. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. uh, And then they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so I want to talk to you today uh, on this podcast about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm excited to do that because uh, I've found that there's a lot of controversy, a lot of confusion, uh, a lot of fear, um, a lot of pride around this topic. And so I want to hopefully give you some language today. Um, and some some scripture um, that will help you understand uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The first thing I want to say, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, a couple of the controversies surrounding it. Um, some years ago, I don't know exactly when, but um, a, a group of uh, Pentecostals began to say that if someone doesn't speak in tongues, that they do not have the Holy Spirit. And they began to make a distinct line and said, you either have the, the Holy Spirit uh, as evidenced by speaking in tongues uh, or you do not. And, um, and that obviously was a problem. Uh, they, they, they made a doctrine or a rule on speaking in tongues where the Bible makes no such line. Um, there's a wonderful article uh, by John Piper. You can uh, find it on desiringgod.org. Um, it's called How to Receive the Gift of the Holy Spirit. And he makes the point that there are four references uh, in the book of Acts to uh, people being baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. However, there are nine other conversion experiences that do not mention uh, the two-step process with tongues. So all that to say, um, I think as we approach this topic, we need to agree that um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit does not always accompany the gift of tongues, um, but it's also fair to say that it might. So um, instead of saying someone does or doesn't have the Holy Spirit based on speaking in tongues, uh, biblically, I think it's fair to say that, that both can be true. Uh, if someone gets baptized in the Spirit, um, it is possible that they will speak in tongues. Uh, and it's also true that um, you may not have received the gift of tongues when you got baptized in the Spirit. Um, the second thing I want to say uh, about one of the issues around the baptism of the Holy Spirit is I found a mindset uh, that's very prevalent that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift of of God given to the mature believer 
um, after they have jumped through uh, a bunch of spiritual disciplines, spiritual rigor, um, that it's somehow uh, a token of blessing that God gives the mature at the end of their race for really contending well. The problem with that is biblically, the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Spirit, uh, the baptism of the Spirit was given to uh, believers who were only 50 days old in Christ. And what I mean by that is I don't believe anyone was born again until Jesus rose from the dead. So the disciples were the first Christians. They were the first to be born again. Um, In John uh, chapter 20, verse 22, Jesus was raised from the dead. He walked into the room that they were in and he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Um, And then it wasn't until 50 days later that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, And I'll I'll talk a little bit more about that later, about that distinct uh, difference between the the Spirit given for regeneration uh, and the Spirit given for power uh, and witnessing. Um, and so, anyway, just just as a note, that the baptism of the Spirit is not given to the mature believer uh, as sort of a token at the end of the race. It's given to the new believer. Um, it's it's power from God, uh, so that we can run our race well. Um, and then, and then the last thing I'll say in terms of uh, just uh, just cursory comments on the baptism of the Holy Spirit is Jesus is the one baptizing in the Holy Spirit. We don't baptize ourselves. Uh, John the Baptist said, uh, he said, there's one coming after me who is mightier than I, um, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So a lot of people wonder, you know, uh, who's the one doing the baptizing? It's Jesus. Jesus is the one that baptizes the believer into the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to talk today um, a little bit about experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what that looks like, um, what you can expect to happen, uh, and and the difference between uh, being born again and being baptized in the Spirit. Now let me say something on this because I know this is, uh, again, uh, controversial. and, and I, it, it's not meant to be, doesn't need to be. I think if we approach this with humility, uh, we can all see in the Word that it is possible for a believer to be born again and not baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, and the three, uh, three scriptures I will give uh, to you to search this out are, are, again, the disciples, John chapter 20, verse 22. They had received the Holy Spirit. He breathed upon them. Jesus did. And they were born again. Jesus had been raised from the dead. They were born again, uh, and and they were saved. Um, that is certain. Um, and then it wasn't until 50 days later um, that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. The second instance is in Acts chapter 8, uh, where Philip preaches the gospel in Samaria with signs and wonders. People are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they were born again. They were baptized, yet they had not received the Holy Spirit. And then it wasn't until Peter and John came afterwards uh, and laid hands on them and baptized them in the Holy Spirit that they had that secondary experience. And then the third that we've already been talking about is in Acts chapter 18 and 19. Uh, Again, Apollos makes Christian disciples, but he didn't know about the baptism of the Spirit. So his disciples didn't know about the baptism of the Spirit. Now let me say a point on this. Just because I'm saying that it is possible for it to be a two-step process and that we find that in the book of Acts, I'm not saying that that's always the case. 
Um, and I think that's a, an important distinction to make. I'm not contending that every single person that's born again gets born again and then has a secondary uh, experience. I believe often it can happen simultaneously. You can be born again and baptized in the Holy Spirit at the same time. Uh, but let me make a note on that. Um, uh, there's often believers I talk to and they say, well, I don't know if I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and there's some fear specifically in, in the tradition that I come from in the Bible church, the, the non-denominational church, there's a fear in preaching experience in talking about experiencing God. Uh, and the fear is this, the fear is that we get, uh, reliant upon experiences with God and not the word of God. And that we end up getting deceived by our experiences and projecting our experiences onto the word of God. And it's a valid fear. Um, I think there's a lot of, uh, of, of wisdom in that. Uh, however, I will say this. Um, if our walk with God is void of experience, then we're not walking with God. We're walking with doctrine. And, and, I, and, I, and I mean that um, uh, genuinely because if we, if we read in the Bible, there was not one person who walked with the God that we say we serve, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jesus of Nazareth, every single person that walked with God experienced God. So the Bible gives us permission to have experiences with God that are in line with the Word of God. Um, and so someone may ask, well, then what what is the experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Um, and it's very clear in Acts chapter 1, we see that Jesus tells his disciples, he says, do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you heard from me for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. And then Acts chapter one, verse eight, he says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, the baptism of the Holy Spirit um, is a very real uh, event. It's a, it's a very real moment. Just like uh, if you're listening to this and you were water baptized, um, that was an event. You can, you can point to the day and time that someone, uh, a, a pastor, uh, a, a father, someone dunked you in water uh, as, a, as a sign, as a confession, as a public proclamation that you belong to Christ. You're identifying with his death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, people that have been water baptized can point to a distinct moment in time um, in which they were baptized in water. Now, I would just like to submit that it would be strange if we say that we've been baptized in the Spirit, that, that Jesus Himself literally baptizes us. The same picture of us being immersed in water is the same language we're given for Jesus to immerse us in the Holy Spirit, and that when we come up out of that immersion, we are clothed with power from on high to be witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus. Um, and I would just like to to submit that if you've not, if you can't point to a time where you felt like your life was given power to testify to the resurrection of Jesus, that that like me, and that was my experience, and I and I believe I've shared that in the other podcast, 
is I gave my life to the Lord when I was four years old, but I did not experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit until I was 23 years old. And so there was a long period of time where I could tell you for certain that I was saved. I was going to heaven when I die. I'd put my trust in Jesus Christ, but I did not have power uh, in, 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 in my life. I did not have power over sin. I did not have power to worship God, and I did not have power to obey God, and I did not have power to be a witness to the resurrection of Jesus. And that power, I can point to the day, it was March 7th, 2006, where I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was delivered from an addiction to pornography, so God gave me power over sin. Uh, I began to have power in my witness to the resurrection of Jesus. I began to have power to praise God in my life, and I began to have power to obey God uh, where where previously I found myself failing. I found myself uh, constantly being defeated. Uh, that, that moment in time gave me power to walk out the scriptures uh, in a way that I didn't know was possible previously. Now, again, that was my experience, and that experience can be found in the Word. There, 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 there were, and I've already referenced the three scriptures where believers can be born again, yet not baptized in the Holy Spirit. So um, that is not to create a haves and have-nots. Um, but I do believe language is important. And, and if we read the text in Acts 18 and 19 specifically, you see that the disciples uh, that Paul was speaking to did not feel less than. They just didn't know. They were just ignorant of the reality of the Holy Spirit. And, and in their ignorance or in their, their not knowing, um, they they clearly had a desire to know and to experience it because they allowed Paul to lead them into an experience with God that changed their lives. Um, so again, in the past, I think people have made it about tongues. They've made it about um, all these things. But I want to bring this back to the heart of the matter, uh, and I'll and I'll finish this podcast um, with this because it's really important. Uh, I think for a lot of us, the baptism of the Spirit is viewed as sort of this um, extracurricular experience and encounter. It's a charismatic thing. It's a Pentecostal thing. It's not central and core to the gospel. Many people will say, well, let's not get hung up with all of that talk and all of that language. The problem with that is I believe in our day we have substituted the promise of going to heaven when we die, which is a very real promise of the gospel. We've substituted that promise um, instead of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, And what I want to submit to you today is that the baptism of the Spirit is not some secondary afterthought of the gospel But it is the climax of the gospel. It is what distinguishes Christianity from every other religion is the fact that God himself would come and take up residence in the human body by by his own spirit. This this baptism of the Holy Spirit that Jesus does for us, his disciples, his followers, is the climax of the gospel. The forgiveness of sins and going to heaven has been presented as the climax of the gospel, but biblically, the climax of the gospel is Pentecost, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit and with fire, which gives us, His people, the capacity and the ability to represent Him in power upon the earth. 
Uh, and again, just to go back to the biblical language, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is called the promise of the Father. And think about that for a second. It is a promise from our Father in heaven that Jesus would fulfill by taking his disciples, his followers, and joining them so intimately with the Holy Spirit. See, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is about intimacy. It's about love. It's about experiencing that loving union with God, that loving relationship with God uh, in a very real way. Now, we, we all, all of us believers, regardless of your, your background, your denomination, you believe in experience. You, you may be married to a spouse and you have experiences with that spouse that are rewarding, that are fun, that are enjoyable, that are exciting. Uh, every relationship we have, if it's a good relationship, there are experiences. And I fear somehow in the church we've been lied to and said that you need to be careful about experiences, which there is an element of truth to that. But I think so many people have been afraid to believe for and have an experience with God that we've just written off experience altogether. And, and we're not experiencing what it is that Jesus paid for. And so my heart in this podcast and in everything that I'm doing is just to provoke you. I'm, I'm trying to walk that fine line between provoking you without needlessly offending you. Um, and so again, the language of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. So if you've thought it's some scary thing, if it's some uh, thing that you don't understand, I just want to to take the, the, the mystique away from it. I want to take the scariness away from it. It is a promise from your Father in heaven that Jesus would take your life and He would join you just as real as someone dunked you in water and you came up wet, that Jesus would take someone who, who has put their faith in Him and put their trust in Him, that He would take that person and literally immerse them or dip them or baptize them into the Holy Spirit Himself. And just like when we came up wet out of that water, we would come up soaked and saturated in God Himself. Um, and, and, to, and to finish this podcast, I want to I show you the difference between John's baptism and Jesus's baptism. And this is where I feel like we have, uh, we need clarity uh, in the body of Christ. Uh, when John the Baptist was uh, baptizing people out in the wilderness in the Jordan River, um, all of Israel went out to him and they were receiving forgiveness of sin. So they would actually present themselves to John the Baptist in their sin uh, willing to repent of their sin, and then John would baptize them uh, in water as a sign, and they would actually be forgiven of their sins. This is why Jesus said that there's no one that's born of a woman greater than John the Baptist, because he was literally offering the people, uh, Jews, he was offering them forgiveness of sins without a blood sacrifice, which if you understand the, the days and the times, that was that was unprecedented. Um, they, they needed a blood sacrifice for forgiveness of sins. But here, this prophet of God is offering forgiveness um, without blood. He was, he was literally baptizing them in water. The difference between John's baptism and Jesus' baptism is that when the 120 disciples were in the, in the upper room and they were presenting themselves to Jesus, they were waiting, as Jesus said, they were not presenting themselves in their sin, they had already been washed in the blood of Jesus. 
They had been cleansed so thoroughly. Their, their sin was completely removed because the blood had taken away the sin out of their hearts. And so God had a blank canvas, a blank blood-soaked heart to purify the temple. So, so now their temples were clean, their temples were pure, but they were empty. They didn't have the spirit. They didn't have the fire. And so that's how Jesus was able to baptize them in the Holy Spirit. The blood, the blood was to prepare their hearts. The cross was to prepare their hearts for Pentecost. The, the cross itself wasn't the climax. It was this magnificent revelation that the Lamb of God would take away the sin of the world, but that was to prepare. It was a preparatory act for Pentecost in which Jesus would then issue the promise of the Father, which was the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which, to remind you, represents the heart of God to be one with mankind. That's the mystery of the gospel, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not about tongues, it's not about prophecy, it's not about any of these things. If we want to get to the heart of the matter, it's about the heart of your Father in heaven, who loves you, and He wants to be one with you. He wants you to experience the power of having the living God dwell inside of you. And, and your confidence in that, you're, you, you may be asking, well, how do I experience that, Peter? I want to know that. I want to experience that. Um, it, it, you may say, how can, I, how can I, is it fair for me to ask God? Yes. The answer is you can. You can ask Him. The Bible says that, that if you, though, are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And so I encourage you, if your heart's been provoked, if you say, you know what, I don't know that I've ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit, don't make this weird, don't make this complicated. God God wants you to experience His love and His power in a way that, that, that you've not experienced before. Uh, now again, if you've had that experience, if you're saved and you felt that power, I'm not trying to classify anybody. Uh, but I think if we're all humble enough, even in my own life, I'm always asking God for more. Uh, I love walking with God. I love experiencing more of His nearness, uh, more of His Spirit. And so I encourage you, um, the only, the only uh, qualification needed to experience the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Have you accepted Him as your Lord and Savior? Is your life been washed in the blood of Jesus? And if you have, then you can have confidence because, because the blood makes us clean. And if the blood makes us clean, then Jesus can baptize us. He can immerse us in God Himself and we can have power to bring witness to His resurrection. We can have power over sin. We can have joy. We can experience the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we can show people that there's a God in heaven and He lives in us. And so, Father, I pray right now for everyone listening, God, as, as they desire to know You more, I pray even now, Holy Spirit, would You begin to just draw people unto You. And I ask Jesus that You would pour out uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the one that the Father promised to us, upon every heart that says, yeah, Lord, that's me. I want that. Lord, I pray right now that you would just baptize them in your spirit, your spirit of love, your spirit of power, that you would descend upon them, God, and that you would um, give them that experience of knowing that you're alive and that you love them.